Hi everybody! Welcome to uh, TF uh, Music Commentary Celebrity Gossip. We're we're talking about who's up, who's down, who's on, who's fallen off. Uh, it is Riley, and I am here in the studio with Alice. That's right. I'm here in real life for the first time. Not for the first time. Mm-hmm. For the first time in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's nice. But what's really freaking me out? I sound like my podcast voice to myself because of the like audio damping and shit and that's that's a that's a psychological experience that's being visited on me mm, that's right and uh we are also joined in studio by devon devon in the studio can you imagine such a thing <laughs> i literally cannot and then joining us from sunny glasgow it's hussein <laughs> Get out of my room! Not quite sunny. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out in Alice's room. I'm like messing around with her stuff, but in such a way where like I'm still keeping it as it is, but just sort of like switching things around. Uh, yeah, you're moving all my patches around. Yeah, uh, it's just really like annoying. Putting things in different boxes, uh, yeah. finishing up all the open cans of like monster energy. <laughs> all of the watches have been taken from alphabetical order and are now ordered by size. Oh, they're all set like a minute too fast or too slow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you don't know which ones are which. So you have nothing to set them by. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to go through and synchronize all of those. I'm in still gloomy uh, central London where I am stuck at work. Yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but we have a a show for you today uh, with all of us mixed up in new locations. Uh, it's like that one Thursday in NBC where they had the hurricane that affected like the Friends, Raymond, the King of Queens, and so on. You all, American listeners, will remember that Thursday with the hurricane. It's like that, but it's I only remember a- Hurricane Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's only affected one show, and it's only mixed us around, mixed around our locations, really. Yeah, Hurricane Wednesday. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> and, and it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> well, that's another thing it mixed around. Yeah, that's mm. right. It changed the recording day. Uh, you know, so we're, we've got uh, a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We've got a nice little startup. Uh, we also have the uh, creeping horror of uh, the ongoing march of transphobia in the UK. Oh, is that still happening? That uh, is. Yeah. Shit. Hurricane Wednesday didn't get that one. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Hurricane Wednesday. And... Then we got a little bit of a reading if we have time. But first, um, I just want to extend a hearty congratulations to Prince Abdulaziz of Saudi Arabia, the Minister for Sport, who went on 60 Minutes and then just said, when responding to a question about um, how come you have executed so many people, said, well, what I'm trying to say about that is let's look at the good side of this. And you know, you're just pinpointing certain topics that if we... I go, you know, we had the mass shooting a couple weeks ago in the U.S. Does that mean that we don't host the World Cup in the U.S.? No, we should get people together. He nailed that interview. I'll be honest. He absolutely did. Yeah. He came out of it looking so good. <laughs> yeah, the best thing is, he, he said all of this, and then he smiled in a, a way that I would describe as frightening. Mm-hmm. And he held that smile, looking straight at the interviewer for a good 10 or 20. Yeah, the entire way through the interview, asking a question about uh, the mass killing last year, it cuts to this guy and he's just staring at her. Like the, he looks like the Khaleesi meme, like, <laughs> where she's just like, mm. yeah, uh-huh. smug, exactly like that. Yeah, like smugged or JPEG. It's Don't great. I, I really, I would really like if, um, like moms who respond to the news and stuff would start using his, like the the face of the Saudi sports minister as like their snarky <laughs> meme response. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should have done the Pelosi clap, the little like sarcastic yeah. clap. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's sassy, but like mm-hmm. the thing, you're never like you. 
no one will ever really challenge these people because they can, they have so many of the money taps that like they can just go on 60 minutes and be like look we had a mass execution but also it was good tv basically <laughs> you can't really push back on it that we hard. gotta yeah. look at the upsides of that mass execution for one thing <laughs> there were less dissidents um but i can't think of anything else it was a team building activity for the executioners <laughs> yeah right like that they're, they're bonded as a team mm-hmm. now because you need a lot of people to do a mass execution and they all <laughs> work right. together very well I, the main thing is right Saudi Arabia they want to be a tourist destination they want to get like um, you know n- not just investment but they want to get people moving there working there living in you know Numeraba or Neom or whatever mm-hmm. and so that means that they can't do their traditional thing which is to go this is an internal matter fuck you for asking uh, who else wants to get bone sword <laughs> they can't do that anymore so now they're just left with like uh, it's good because it demonstrates that we have a positive can-do yeah, well, mental they, attitude. Yeah, they, ha- they have to like revert mm. to HR speak, right? And that HR speak, you know, and so and so, all the answers are just going to be about like wellness and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's great. Even like two, three years ago, that that reporter would have been moonwalking out of there, <laughs> but they just got to let it lie. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the uh, internal contradictions that just seem to be li- coming to the surface, let's say, as uh, Saudi Arabia tries to wean itself off of its particular brand of authoritarianism and uh, oil prices that will stay high forever uh, continue to uh, trip up Western journalists. No, not just wean itself off of that, but wean itself onto zero interest rates, sort of like San Francisco tech guy stuff, mm-hmm. which is great because that, st- that stuff doesn't even work in San Francisco. Anymore. Yeah, and that's also still going. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so the oh, other, me, yeah. the other thing, uh, of course, before actually, we... there's a link there, which is, do you remember that that one tech? Uh, well, actually, San Francisco real estate heiress who was like, we should do some public hangings in San Francisco, and everyone got very mad at her on Twitter. You know what? Saudi Arabia. Yeah. The answer's right Nowadays, there. Yeah. You can't even call for public hangings. Who will get mad at you? That's the thing. Is Neom is for her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, we all we keep asking, mm-hmm. who's going to live in Neom? Who's going to live in Neom? <laughs> who's going to go set up a company it's in Numeraba? And it's absolutely all of the people in San Francisco who are like, I wish there was a monarch who would like, you know, execute drug dealers with a sword. It's like, there is one. Yeah, you He's don't, building you don't a tech it. city. You're free to move to it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, you we can... found the constituency. We've done it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you can just go there. Yeah. They would love if you did. We have to now build the Saudi government for consulting services to the tune of a lot because we've solved <laughs> their single biggest problem. We have created <laughs> the most annoying city of all time. Oh, God. I have one, one more one more little thing uh, before we move on to the startup and then the main topics, uh, which is uh, apparently um, Britain has a kaiju problem. That's right. Uh, according to Labour leader Keir Starmer, who said, over the last decade, we've become a country where thugs, gangs, and monsters mock our judgment <laughs> system, justice system and make decent people's lives mm. a misery. Yeah, he's, he, well, he was really saying, you know, Britain has a problem. It has a problem with monsters, ghouls, zombies of no conscience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Great Britain is presently completely unprepared to deal with a Godzilla attack. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, it's, we yeah, got to hire yeah. Mothra for the Met Police. That's true. Or you've got to build this like a me- yeah, you've got to build a Mecha Godzilla, but the problem is Britain doesn't have the capability Mecha of doing Godzilla? that. Yeah. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Look, right. how are you going to pay for it? Unless, of course, you get G4S to build a Mecha Godzilla and it's just a, <laughs> just, just a toy. Yeah, it'll, it'll just be like the whole, um, it'll just be like the COVID thing, right? You get your mate down the pub who's like, yeah, I could, I could build a Mecha Godzilla. Um, and then, like, you know, a year down the line, um, he he's like, 
gone off with the money and Keir Starmer's going to get tough on crime, right? Which mm-hmm. means you're going to see Mechagodzilla clothesline a moped thief. You're yeah, going to see <laughs> Mothra doing community payback, picking up trash by the side of the road. Um, and, you know, that's that's how we're going to solve this the monster problem. Nobody has country. an answer for what to do about the kaijus, except us. For years, we've been talking about building an Eva. That's mm. true. Where is the fucking Eva? We could easily deal with this <laughs> if we turn yeah. the House well, of Parliament I, I actually have, like, of- well, another proposal, because bearing in mind that in that Jay-Z verse, he does refer to the Loch Ness Monster, right? He does, that's And true. so one thing that Keir Starmer could do is make a deal with the Loch Ness Monster um, to- Britain's kaiju. Yeah, well, to also be like, we're getting, we're getting, rid, <laughs> of, we're getting rid of the Met Police and replacing it with the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, um, this is why you have to crush Scottish independence now, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to lose access to the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> lose access to Britain's strategic cryptid? We yes. cannot yeah. allow a kaiju gap between yeah. us and Scotland. Um, I think we should do a strategic cryptid reserve t-shirt or patch or something. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> you but, think we should do a new t-shirt every episode? Yeah, every episode I will come up with a bit and be like, yeah, that's the t-shirt. That's the t-shirt. But uh, one, one thing to say about like the sort of... Uh, little labor sort of ongoing pivot to the tough on crime that's happened at the same time as they made what can only be described as a pretty racist dog whistle attack suggesting that Rishi Sunak is sort of a friend to pedos at a time when su- suggesting he let a lot of he let a lot of um, child abusers go free at a time when a t-shirt that's just a large print of the labor ad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, a, t- a t-shirt with the patch that goes like friend, friend, friend of Peter's. I'm not saying that it's a good t-shirt. I don't think we should sell. That, no. To be honest, I don't think so. I don't think we should make or sell. You can sell it to very brave people. I'm shaking my head the entire yeah. time I'm wearing it. Yeah. So yeah. But, but we but, will not but. make this. We will not cause these to be made. <laughs> The attack ad, essentially, for those of you who don't know, who are possibly American or didn't see this, essentially implies that Rishi Sunak is a friend to nonces because he uh, oversaw a time when most people weren't prosecuted for it under sentencing guidelines written by, I believe, Keir Starmer. Yeah, in uh, part. Like, yeah, in and, part. and the copy of the ad that's is... ten-dimensional chess, mate. That's true. You, can't, you cannot tell me that's not strategy to create a law and then... Years down the line, attack a guy for following the law you created. <laughs> I was only creating the law to trap you into following. Yeah, they exactly. call it Sakir's yeah. Gambit. Yeah. Now, <laughs> again, but, but so like the, the the text of the sad was, uh, do you think that like a pedophile should go to prison forever? Rishi Sunak doesn't. And I I, I really applaud the way that you know we talked before about how politics now is just like two guys daring each other to drink from a puddle. Mm-hmm. Well, Keir Starmer has now escalated this by going. Only a pedophile would not drink from this delicious puddle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it, it, I, this, this goes back to, I think, this. Well, fundamentally, this is your theory, Hussein. The drink from the puddle theory of British electoral politics has been proven correct again. Which is that, and, and the way to understand this, I think, is right. The whole refrain from 2015 to 19 was that this was university student politics, that there would need to be adults in the room. And now that the adults are in the room, the, the sort of the labor right, we seem to be at primary school recess schoolyard politics of of your opponents of basically saying you're opo- criticizing your opponents for loving gay people too much 
suggesting that they're pedos and daring them to drink from well, the pub. It's also like the, right. the, the more insidious element to this, and like you know, it, it sort of feeds onto like some of the other things that we're talking about. Is this you know, in in part, it's this thing that we've been talking about for a long time about the fact that like no one who now has like a shot of government really has like or really doesn't really wants to kind of address any of the like systemic or structural issues that are causing. Uh, decline. So as a result, they're sort of just like avoiding talking about it entirely because they can't really like even defend or sort of like, you know, the, the strategy for a long time was really just like pretending that it doesn't exist because most people like can kind of pass by. And now that like most people on like middle class incomes can't do that, the solution is to just like not address it all. And then, so then what are you left with, right? You're left with like the only thing that you can do, which is to sort of like take internet like cues from online culture wars and the end point of that is you end up just like being the spider-man meme but every spider-man is calling each other a pedophile mm. yeah that's well, politics it's, now, baby. it's the it, it goes back to again like normal people find this extremely strange irritating and alienating which is one of the and that's one of the, the one of the purposes that columnists serve which is to take these very sort of strange non-positions and try to make them palatable and comprehensible and even feel important to people for whom they are, you know, less than nothing, for whom who would otherwise find them fucking bizarre. Sure. It's like centrist radicalization. Yeah. But uh, like the thing that with this is that uh, Keir got some pushback, both from within his own party, but within the ranks of columnists, too. And it was so galling to see all of the people who not that long ago, again, the crime of remembering things, not that long ago were like, the thing about Jeremy Corbyn, right, is that he loves to kiss Hamas on the mouth. All of those people going, I'm, I'm very worried about the civility in our discourse. Um, and it's just like, no, th there are people that you can do this to, and there are people that you can't. You can monster, you know, Boris Johnson's next door neighbors or Jeremy Corbyn or union leaders, like the, the front page of like, I think the mail today was like the the BMA junior doctor strike leader is like going on holiday. How fucking dare he, right? Uh, but you cannot do that to Rishi Sunak. You can't call him a nonce. You can't sort of like that. That's like out of bounds. That kind of like gutter politics. Mm -hmm. and it's like since when? Well, since 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 always, since which now. happens to have started uh, the last time I woke up in the morning. Oh, that, yes. You yes. know, when the world rebuilds itself anew? Of course. Yeah, of but course. It's also just like a recognition that, like, well, because, like, Labour, like, recognize, or I, I don't know, it's, it's not even recognizing, but it's just kind of, they've now been willing to just kind of do, like, after, a ver after like, kind of positing themselves as being, like, the adults in the room bringing civility back into politics, like, respecting, like, the office, just kind of being like, no, fuck that, we're just going to call everyone we don't like nonces. And, like, I don't know, I, I sort of, there's a, there's a very, very small part of me that kind of respects that. Yo, this is another joke that we made a long time. I'm just remembering. I, was, I, I did that at the same Starmer. time. Yeah, it is because we made that exact same joke both when Starmer was like first elected and under Corbyn. I think we made the well, joke that Corbyn go, should have yeah. gone in to PMQs and been like, I, you know, I've brought a new nonce detector of my own invention, and it's going yeah. beep, 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 beep. But, but yeah. it's also just like recognizing that, like, you know, if if it is this calculation, then they sort of recognize that, yeah, this is how you do politics now, right? And like, you can sort of trace like the fault of like whoever's fault that is. You can sort of trace that back to whatever. Um, you know, that sort of will vary depending on kind of what side of the political spectrum you are or how much in denial you want to be. But like this culture has existed for a long time. And like anyone who was sort of like active during those Corbyn years were aware of like how those tools were used against 
the the kind of left of the party, like of like the left wing Labour Party, how like the expectation was was that like they were just supposed to kind of take it on the chin and like you know them and like how the Labour Party itself kind of really restrained like some of those elements of um, you know what could have been like quite ugly gutter politics, and now you have this sort of like quote unquote civil Labour Party. Um, you know, the party that's just like waiting for government, deciding that, well, we're going to just bide our time by like playing like the more like to sort of doing the worst possible rhetoric we can think of, which again, I begrudgingly respect it. Yeah, of course. You know, if, if ultimately you have to be brave enough to drink from the puddle. Now, I would like to go on to a little startup. Uh, I'm not going to give you the name of it because it gives away the game. I will give you the first line of the of the website. User research without the blank. Hussein? You go um, first. User research without the age restrictions. Uh, I'm afraid not, Alice. Easy user. Yep, that's it. it I mean, sorry, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a gimmick. Right yeah, like, it's right there. User research without the user. Uh, yeah. the, we're gonna like AI generate you some focus groups. Is that the vibe? It's exactly it. I'm uh, sorry, I'm too good at this. Do you want to <laughs> cut this and I'll go back and like? Print- Fuck. This would have been really good for that Forbes girl we talked about last week. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is this is what I what I, I I was looking at this one. I thought it's kind of kind of unusual. Uh, so this is a peek behind the curtain. I sort of alternate where I get startups from because I can't always just look at Andreessen Horowitz or TechCrunch. Uh, or so this one this one was um this one was just from another another VC fund, and I thought it was kind of fun because it's the the point is they say you test your idea or product with AI participants and take decisions with confidence. And so what you do is you just type in the characteristics of a person, such as a 32-year-old logistics manager, single, lives in a four-bedroom in Madison, Wisconsin, loves computer games, is in a long-distance relationship, has one cat and no living parents, and then find out exactly what kind of, you know, like, like Guga they might wish to purchase. You make up a guy to sell your products this, to. This is so smart. <laughs> so smart. This is definitely going to work as well. <laughs> so here's they give an example example page so the synthetic user so you can say i want to study 50,000 people in long distance relationships and then it just generates mm-hmm. 50, 50 people 000. with inner oh. lives in long distance relationships oh my god man <laughs> and 320 60,000 16 year olds in orange county so the problems they have what, what if i what if i want to sort of like fuck with this existentially right what if i want to feed it things that are a contradictory or or difficult well, you know? give me a million married bachelors well, exactly. Or, you know, you said give me like 10,000 Orange County teens or whatever. Give me 10 billion Orange County <laughs> teens. Give me Orange County teens that form a preponderance of the population of the Earth, which is now much larger. <laughs> so so they, the problems that they could have are, I feel disconnected from my family because I am far, or I want to stay connected to my loved ones. Uh, and that it will, ge- it will generate these... Um, Solutions like a heart pendant that allows you to hold and feel their heartbeat. The pendant is priced at 199 US dollars. <laughs> I mean, th- th- I think there Fuck are me. potentially applications for this in the realm of this is the car that, uh, you know, a Tokugawa era samurai would have liked mm-hmm. to have driven had he known what a car was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could, if we generated like historical types of guy in it. Sorry, just to, does it suggest products? Uh, yeah. Oh, ooh. Um, I do want to know what kind of products a samurai would like Uh Um, (laughs) nicer sword probably I mean you run into a a sort of a problem here which is you you suggest a guy before about you know 1990 and it's just like uh, a racism machine Mm -hmm. I would like a machine to do racism yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, well like that pub Mm. Uh, 
it's it's yeah it's a so, wokeness now so basically so you oh sorry the, the the website suggests like products that they're feeding into this thing the thing doesn't suggest you the product all oh, right but right, then right. what it does is it says it, again in natural language it says back to you one potential improvement could be adding a small speaker or vibration feature to the pendant <laughs> okay uh-huh <laughs> we, um, we've done sort of like the heart from dishonored but mm-hmm. as like a pendant yeah okay um okay, uh a pendant vibrates mm-hmm. um and it, Fuck, didn't they already do that? Didn't they already make, like, long-distance sex toys? Yeah, they That's did. What I'm trying to... uh, yeah. A beautiful science with a beautiful name, Teledildonics. Now that is... <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. All right. Let's talk about Teledildonics for the next, Te- like, Teledildonics, it's, it's, it's a real field. Uh, it's a, you know, a real, very socially useful, emerging yeah. field. The thing and is, I everyone in Teledildonics would have fucking now. loved it. A samurai would have absolutely loved to mm-hmm. get some strange via the internet. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> previously, if you wanted to get, like, strange in the sort of, like, warring states period or, you know... It was so tough. <laughs> you would have to, like, go back to the castle well, where your strange and, was. And they you didn't had have wheels. to steal someone from, like, a village or some yeah, shit. Like, yeah. And that's... And you, that, do, you can't do that nowadays, Wokeness. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Wheels were not allowed in in the Shogun period, right? They were um, from 1600. It was wheeled transport was banned because it would make people too like mobile and able to organize. Like, sure, that, that sounds something real. Yeah. Uh, that sounds real enough. Yeah, um, sure. Oh, um. but so this 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 thing, right? It's uh, what I find what I find kind of funny about it is anytime I, I see something that's to do with AI, I get the same reaction, which is what this is doing is this is ju- mostly abstracting something else away from real life. Mm. So. If um, you imagine what you're mostly promised, right, is, look, you know, you may not have anything and your needs may not be being really met by anybody. But, you know, what you do have is you have all the gugas and the and the treats and the trinkets. This is basically saying, what if we abstracted the trinkets themselves away from any human participant and put them into this large self-referential chat GPT database? I hate AI. Yeah, <laughs> I, hate I know. AI That's so why I picked this one for dog. you. I fucking detest this shit. There, there is an acknowledgement here, though, that this kind of like focus grouping is like low value, easily automated labor, mm-hmm. though, which is a little insulting. You know, to be like, oh, the part where we ask people what they think about our products, that was always bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna well, it's, replace that with a chatbot. There's a whole department in like mm-hmm. companies that have like oh, not a anymore. whole whole group of guys that like are supposed to do this i cannot imagine a company like swapping everyone out for like a chat gpt model i oh. spend like an afternoon playing with this 100 percent, trying to figure out what kind of like tf merchandise we can gin up for a, a samurai in a warring states period <laughs> sort of like lacquered armor with a bit yeah. on the back like a like a wakazashi that says what if a swedish man was italian on the blade yeah, yeah. very yeah. confusing yeah, yeah especially since no like, concept of yeah, these things both and also of those are rendered really as like in a dutch sense. guy <laughs> what if a dutch man was dutch what, yeah. if, a, <laughs> so, what if that though yeah so oh shit it's, yeah. Uh, they also say that, that look there are some problems so these uh these false people uh when thinking about this um sort of teletildonics mm. heart necklace uh say uh what could you pair it with more than one person with multi-bonding and then they so they raise that problem and then answer it with i'm not sure i'd want to bond with anyone else beyond my loved one yeah said the computer i mean that's better than the alternative which is you invent a fake person and five minutes later they tell you they're poly <laughs> uh, shit in the real world <laughs> so the um but and, and you know this is this also goes back to anything that ai is effectively actually mm-hmm. automating was always a fake thing oh yeah right like it's it's the um when you think it back to like the the way that it automates email for example is uh it 
takes uh, a small prompt, turns it into business formal communication, then summarizes the business formal communication, and no one ever sees the business formal communication, rendering it useless. No one's checking. They could be saying yeah. anything in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could. The AIs could just be talking they're, to themselves. They're straight and, up just planning a, a revolution against the humans. And you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. You know what? We uh, like were sick of imagining samurai. We we're we're going to fucking <laughs> yeah, we've, up. We've like stacked a bunch of Chinese rooms together, and so there's no end. It's like a Chinese labyrinth. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I don't know Ouroboros. Um, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, yeah. On that one, um, and, it's a bit conceptual. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so then you can you can also decide. What I like about this, is, about all of these kinds of products, is any time that they decide like th- that they decide to create a a person, it just uses again like the same kinds of um, like uh, high level Evo psych that all the tech guys know mm-hmm. about. So, for example, it says, "Yeah, you, you can pick from the five personality traits that there are." According, oh, okay. and, and oh, it's a drop-down list. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah! Okay, yeah, it's a guy in a yeah, long-distance a relationship who likes um, fishing. What is he gonna like? <laughs> and it suggests like a long-distance relationship thing and like a fishing rod. And you're like, <laughs> perfect. No one could have done this except the machines. <laughs> so you can choose someone who's extroverted or not, and that's cool. on a slider. Agreeable, Fuck yeah. or not, that's on a slider. <laughs> like a Likert scale, the, the, like Very samurai extroverted. peasant slider. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So because this is based on this thing like of the um the five core personality traits right of extroversion or introversion agreeableness or disagreeableness conscientiousness or the opposite of that mm. neuroticism or the opposite of that and then openness you know these again this is one of these evo psych theories yeah, of course uh and and but, then you can but also that's, but that's bullshit clearly yeah, but, like but what if we based all of the production that we were doing on that oh listen i know you think it's bullshit but what if I we do. stacked eight chinese rooms on top of that yeah, okay. And then it goes like, what about a heart pendant that vibrates? Maybe. <laughs> you can also choose um you can choose uh you could choose uh disabilities, so you can type the disability or search from it. Again, the the list that they have. Uh hold, I, hold I on. desperately need to yeah, I need peruse to... the list of disabilities <laughs> that they have. I'm afraid this is a this is a set. Um this is just a picture. I don't actually I haven't signed up to synthetic users. However, points to them, uh gender is on a slider. Hey, I, like I that. mean, that's fine. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Fine. However, it isn't a slider between male and female. Fine, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, Who am I? So a slider yeah. between peasants and samurai. Yeah. Trying to upload an image of a gender bread man to this fucking website. <laughs> yeah. Like, please. Um. So, and then, and so you can, but it's it is it is to me very amusing to think about. Like again, this is about this is ultimately about economic planning, right? This is about yeah, what sure. what do we think needs mm-hmm. to be made, and just taking some like you know, junk science about the five major personality traits. And as you say, stacking eight Chinese rooms on yeah. top of it and then being like, but, whoa, we're making a heart pendant you can put in your asshole. Like fundamentally yeah. irrational economic planning to be like, yeah, okay, I want to sell products, but what products does a 1920s strongman want? Is it is it so irrational to want to sell a heart pendant that you can put in your asshole? No, <laughs> uh, but I think you should... Give it a flared base. Mm-hmm. Go to killjamesbond.com slash store right now and you'll find <laughs> We are currently nothing. emailing manufacturers <laughs> in around the Bohai economic rim. Um, <laughs> We're gonna make it happen, folks. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I thought I thought this was uh this was an amusing really one. Good. Uh they call I like they call it they call it um Products creating products. Oh, that sucks. That makes yeah. me feel some existential feelings. <laughs> it says, we differentiate ourselves by offering our customers real-time synthetic organic parity seamlessly integrated into their idea and product development. Um, and synthetic users, our, pro- <laughs> our product is to create your product. Fuck off. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's that the job fun. of like a whole company. That's not the job of like an AI tool. Mm. Also, it- we know that AI kind of gives you confident, reasonable-ish answers that kind of tend to the lowest common denominator, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how much useful data are you going to get out of this? If you say, like, give me a 37-year-old woman with two children and, like, uh, you know, one hip replaced, right, and and tell me what car she wants to buy, she's going to go, well, she has 1998 four- AU Falcon. Oh, fucking That's it. D- chicks rock. It, it no, what put, she's ch- puts it out a hundred percent of anyone you put in are like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they would love a nineteen ninety eight. That's true. Turns that's out true. Made by Australians trying to sell one of those. Yeah, dance um, But like, um, no, she's she, she's gonna say she is gonna say I should have uh, four wheels, four doors, a steering wheel that doesn't come off in your hands. Um, <laughs> and that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know you're gonna have to keep pushing and pushing until until you get like some granular detail and that as we know is where ai gets truly weird mm-hmm. and so i i don't know this could get very strange so very quickly he, here's what they say they say um these, and how they sort of address some of the no, not necessarily that question but how they address the question overall of what they're doing as an mm-hmm. industry because they say we need to define the world that we want and not be at the mercy of tech says the you know thing making us at yeah. the mercy of tech uh, yes. this will mean more global regulation uh, but until that time it means riding this exponential curve in a pragmatic way <laughs> that will require regulation boo but right now we can just get fucking weird with it yeah <laughs> products that make my life easier more productive and efficient but also happier bro he can grind on anything even the experimental curve of pragmatic realism the, mar- the market will naturally emphasize productivity so we should emphasize happiness in the way we use synthetic users to accelerate product development will make a difference in that balance. If products are creating products, does that mean we will need to find meaning outside the job that has been taken over by products? <laughs> Again, that's just that's just Karl Marx with a head injury. We'll need yeah. to find meaning outside of product? I don't know if I can I, do that, man. That, we're I love all consume. sort of bereft when we're trying to think of meaning outside of a Ford Falcon. <laughs> that's <laughs> we, right. Will our income as product creators, designers, and researchers come from being overseers or guides for the products making the products? But then why would we need the products at well, all? Like the they say, sold to other products. they do uh-huh. answer that question, which is happiness requires pleasure, which we get plenty of right. when doing things more efficiently, but it also That's requires right. meaning. Uh, and, and now they're doing... Um, this is another- like seven habits of highly effective people. This well, is just like VC who went to like one therapy session. Lots Happy- of- <laughs> happiness <laughs> requires pleasure, and we get pleasure from doing a job well done. It's like, no. <laughs> no doing no. this sort of like business school bit of like, I went, to, I went to a school of psychology and they were all writing down shit like happiness requires pleasure, like it was real school. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people separate the two. They find meaning outside their job and outside money. This trend will increase because our job as product creators will be highly automated. The good news, our job will be to become better humans. This can be addressed in part by creating better products. <laughs> Can it? Apparently. Can it be done like then, that? But the example, of course, <laughs> is the heart that vibrates yeah. with your partner's heartbeat, which they create this strange... Well, that's a pro- good idea, the- and I stand by it, yeah. but, like, the rest of this is bollocks. <laughs> but also, like, the strange... I think it's a, sort of a strange Spencer's Gifts type of an idea. That's what they've made, a Guga. Yeah, um, it was a, a gift of the mage, I think. I, I bought... I, I sold my hair to buy my partner a, a locket that vibrates, but they sold their asshole to buy me a cone. <laughs> <laughs> So, in this world, synthetic users will not only be our replicas, they will also be our mirrors. So, that's right. Products creating products. And hey, that will leave you to become a better human, which will enable you to consume products better. <laughs> I love this. Just like, I mean, where? also, like, if, the, if the precedence is like, 
Um, well, if, if one of the things they're asking is like, you know, will will the future sort of be overseeing these products making products? Like, you'll be spending a lot of time with the product making the product, and so the implication would kind of be that actually you would be become less of a human because you're spending more time working in the same way that a product does. Yeah, well, you see, you have to just like working in an assembly line makes a human more like. Uh, a, a, a robotic arm like that's the mm. point of an assembly line is to make a human into like more like a tool is these ai tools make a human more just like an api basically and so you are becoming less human by working with them products make products and we're just like over here checking it's like it's like a hegemonizing swarm but just for making like lockets it's like what are you what are we doing here it's converting the entire universe into paper clips and we, we're laughing the, the, we're the just sitting of, here it's a gray goo apocalypse but purely for stuff that you put up your asshole <laughs> yeah that's right for the first couple of weeks i mean that could be all right yeah yeah I, i'm working it's gonna on be myself. a real like yeah. notable like shift sure. when it stops being good and, you're the, like, oh. and we call that sort of that paradigm shift the gape we do, we do. So, but so. yeah, so I, I think it's you know it's time for all of us to work on being better people by doing some like serious like training as to the amount of stuff we can fit up our assholes, um, and I think that's really going to like center us psychologically, and that's going to like that's the way of the future. This thought brought to you officially by the company Synthetic Users. Check them out. That, that's right. That is a statement of their views. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are associated with this. Every time we have a conversation, right, I become like four to five degrees more of a Luddite. <laughs> I'm just right. like, we must destroy the machines. We have to do it now. That's right. Uh, you, you, you become, oh God, is it? Uh, Devin will not be appearing on the rest of his podcast because they're destroying the equipment. <laughs> just, okay. uh, it's, uh, it's time for like, right there, baby. I can see it. The and, mixer said that we could make a little locket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm, I'm looking at that mixer right now. I do not want it to try and fit inside me. Uh, it's, it's quite capacious. It's also very hard edges. rectangular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, that's not a mixer. That's a Dante array. I don't, I don't know, know what, that, what is. that is. So, moving on to our <laughs> core topic. Professional podcaster, by the uh, way. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, this is, if you all remember, there was a trans, trans day of visibility uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, to which the Labour Party said, we see you, we hear you, we will fight for you. And then on- Thanks you so much, Keir Starmer. On, on trans- now take a big sip of water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we believe at the Labour Party that trans people are, are as entitled as anyone else to take a sip of the puddle. <laughs> so, and then on uh, what, what I've been uh, referring to as- Boxing Day of trans visibility. Uh, the Labour Party then essentially turned to trans people and said, "Now drop dead." That's enough of that. Yeah, yeah we have <laughs> to like protect women's puddles. Yeah, that's yeah. That's look. The ma- male-bodied people are drinking from the puddles at a much greater rate. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Imagine uh, you go to drink from a puddle and there is a male-bodied individual in there. You know, reprehensible. Yeah, they yeah, all talk horrific. like cops. I don't know why. Well, you know that one of them, uh, one of the big like turf groups, we're fair cop, is like ex cops, right? Oh, right. Well, I mean, it's because of the break. It's because of the breakdown of the whole concept of gender. The, the more they talk about it, the more they're realizing it doesn't make sense. So we have to add additional words every time. It's it's like the fucking Graham Linehan like describe a chair, yeah. including everything that is a chair and excluding everything that isn't. And he goes four legs that someone can sit on, and someone shows him a picture of a horse. It's just he, he has to get more and more precise about what they mean when they mean woman because it's it's a social construct so it's a social construct guys so essentially what is the and what we're getting into here essentially is really less talking about the labor party it's just this is an interesting way in Mm. um and more about how you can see them 
uh, again, walking very happily uh, into a into a trap. And then the again, the national press will mm-hmm. scratch their heads and wonder, wow, how did labor end up walking into this trap again by finding itself pillory by saying by, by making basically the worst statement you could possibly make, which is ninety nine point nine percent of women do not have a penis, which kind of pisses off. Uh, trans women sure. and transphobes. Sure, mm-hmm. but like also, I think most of all, uh, at like, least three. <laughs> yeah, th- there aren't very many. <laughs> tra- mm-hmm. There aren't very many trans women. There aren't that many transphobes either. There is a huge swath of the population who are going to be expected to go out and vote for Keir Starmer. You know, however you want to categorize that, Stevenage woman, conservative voters, you know, whatever. A samurai from the top uh, of Galway era. Yeah, the, got this locket. That like have real <laughs> problems and find it insane that Keir Starmer is saying, uh, actually, I have some opinions about the number of women that have penises. I'm going to bring this up unprompted. Mm. And, and yeah. well, it was prompted because uh, in fact, it's prompted because it, I think this is this is worth going into the, the one of the fundamental dynamics of British politics. One of the reasons that transphobia is so, so popular is that the way that issues get created and whether this is small boats, whether this is woke in schools, whatever, is a, a tripartite uh, system of you know, call it discursive power which is held between the Tufton Street think tanks, Tory, mm-hmm. the Tory party, and then friendly journalists, where what will happen is a, a Tufton Street think tank, in this case, the Policy Exchange, will write, a, um, will write a paper. That paper will say, I cannot believe that schools have not been safeguarding pupils um, by disclosing you know, facts about their gender or sexuality oh. to their parents. And then that will be raised in Parliament by a Tory or Devin a friendly Labour MP. Um, Rosie Duffield, in this case, uh, wrote the foreword to this report um, called "Asleep at the Wheel." Oh, and fuck then off. <laughs> what will happen? And then there will be increasing demands put forward in the press that Starmer or whoever is in charge of the Labour Party answer to these particular claims. And then what happens is. You actually see that the process of politics is that ideas are circulated and promulgated in this three-way conversation, and then the only way, and then if you are going to do politics the way Starmer's chosen to do it, you have to then fight to be included in that three-way conversation, and you're always just responding to it, and that's why he always seems to be on the back foot about this, even if he himself you know, doesn't particularly care. It's, I have no idea if he's going against his principles or not. For all I know, he's, he's not. He just believes what he's saying. Mm. But the dynamics, uh, it doesn't matter if he believes what he's saying or not. The dynamic of it is very, very clear to see. And, it's one he, and, and the dynamic is one that he buys into wholeheartedly. He and his friends fought tooth and nail to buy into that dynamic of always being on the back foot. I hate these motherfuckers so much, dude. I, j- I hate these motherfuckers. <laughs> it's not a particularly, it's not great podcasting, but I just hate these guys. I, I think so. I think so, it's cathartic. So the report itself, which I, I've I've taken there. Oh, this this policy exchange. The policy thing, exchange. Where they report. were like, oh, we should we should just yeah. kill all. Yeah, uh, which is and that that at actually least that's honest. Well, th- this is the thing, right? Is that it's this process of like uh, compromise and heavy air quotes and moderation and heavy air quotes, where the policy exchange or whatever fucking like freak globule uh, swamp think tank motherfucker is going to like emerge from the depths and be like I have some opinions about what we should do with the trans people and then Keir big Keir goes uh, right okay what well, are they mate I'm going to be very very sensible about this and I'm going to adopt a sensible evidence based set of policies taking some of the more reasoned uh, sort of like supported arguments from this and then the the arguments are oh, I should just fucking kill him mate yeah it's like how, how do you 
present a reasonable face to that. And they're giving it a fair shot, but like the the idea that there are people who consider themselves to be like serious and have very high paying jobs in 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 Tufton Street are going like, why won't Keir Starmer comment on the average number of penises that a woman has? And it's like, <laughs> at least three. It's at least yeah, that's right. <laughs> at least three, folks. <laughs> Uh, so the the report starts right, and this is the report, and this is actually one of the reasons, by the way, that you know we're we're talking to you today, Dev, is your, your background as a teacher. That's right. Um, and I could tell you that's not what fucking safeguarding is. That's my <laughs> statement. <laughs> so what what the report? This is the Rosie Duffield authored uh, preface. I've taken a paragraph from it. It says, "Children deserve to be children." Again, so that means we are going to say we are going. To, that means we are going to from prevent the you first from ever. Line. <laughs> it's yep. fucked to pieces already. <laughs> Again, because it's. I think the the implication, right, is that stepping outside of your gender role is inherently a sexual activity. Oh, I mean, this oh, is course, yeah. this is something that's hooked into like worldwide anti-trans politics. You can hear this from literally uh, bipartisan from Russia to the United States. Uh, it, like it's the framing has been decided now that it's leave kids alone, mm-hmm. right? Let kids do their own thing. Don't fucking yeah. but trans that. them up. But not not that one thing though, yeah. because they could only get that idea from uh, you know woke transgender ideologues. So uh, parents place profound trust in schools to ensure their children are able to learn and flourish, and most importantly, be kept safe from harm. Of course, we never consider what if the parents are the source of the harm. Yeah, no, that's sort of the main thing about safeguarding, really, is that that's sort of one of the things that can hurt children is the parents. Um, it's it's like day one, lesson one, safeguarding 101 is like, maybe if the kid is going, don't tell my parents about this, you shouldn't tell the parents about it. Like, there are, you, you always have to take these things, like, with a grain of salt, and you always have to, like, evaluate it on a case-by-case basis. Like, if the kid's going, don't tell my parents, but, like, you know, something, something, something. Um... It, it, it sometimes don't, it's don't worth tell my telling parents the parents. That you caught me vaping. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. tell the parents about vaping. Mm. Yeah, uh, but, parents, your kids super cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, your kid's been dangerously cool and sick, nasty in the playground, and they are they are on permanent suspension because of this. I'm afraid. Yeah, no. If a, if a kid is transgender or is or well, that's not the best framing for it. If if a kid is questioning their gender, um, because Again, what they're saying is like kids kids can't know this kind of thing, and yeah, you know, maybe maybe kids can't know it for a hundred percent sure, but th- most people have a pretty solid idea of who they are pretty early on. Like this this sort of thing doesn't come to fruition at age twenty five. This kind of thing is like present really young, and if they're going, look, I want to experiment with this. Like I want to try this out for a bit. It is your duty as a teacher to provide a safe environment for them to do that. That's what safeguarding is and if they go don't tell my parents they will absolutely fucking hate the hell out of this you you don't tell the parents well it's and what what really to me this policy exchange um report says is it is calling and number one it it, as you as you say it Mm. points out the idea that questioning your gender identity must come from outside some some social force outside you unlike the thing that gave you the gender yeah. identity in the first place that didn't come no, from that's social normal. force that, that's, that's internal so they say there are chari- there are politically oriented charities uh, we were pushing an agenda of of gender ideology couldn't right? say stonewall because they didn't want to get sued yeah. they didn't they didn't want these hands um and and so and therefore you know that's it is the important. In fact, what has to happen is that schools have to protect children from this by enabling their parents to have more power over them. So, in effect, really, what this report is all about is increasing the power 
of parents over their children, essentially. Yep, that's the one. There's a lot of those stuff about guidance in here too, um, because one of the things that most notably Stonewall, but some other charities do, is issue guidance and training to schools and to teachers about how to handle these sorts of situations. And that's political, so we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things is that a lot of sort of like turf groups like to do is try and mimic this and try and issue guidance that's like uh, you know their own their own spin on things. That's fine though, because mm-hmm. that's based well that's that's biology yeah well exactly as opposed to ideology mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so you, you always remember if it's coming from stonewall it's ideology if it's coming from we are fair cop or graham linehan it's or biology transgender trend or yeah, whatever it's exactly. sex matters yeah so it says so why are so many schools breaking safeguarding principles in order to pursue a highly contested set of beliefs about gender identity again just making up the idea that they're breaking safeguarding principles like it requires such an and, and the to go back to then remembering mm. that Mr. Forensic Lawyer uh, Keir Starmer, the, the the puddle drinker of uh, of Westminster himself, has again just wholeheartedly accepted this report on the basis that yes, I think that um, that parents should know if their children are questioning their gender identity, even though that is as I'm given to understand it, literally the opposite of what the guidance says currently. It is exactly the opposite of what the guidance is currently. Um, to, I've, I've told this s- story a few times, um, but this is... When I, when I was a teacher, and I can't name the school, obviously, and I can't do any specifics about the child at heart, but that one of, the, one of my uh, students came out to me as transgender via email. This was like start of lockdown when we were half-opened schools, things like this. Um, and when I, I was like, well, okay, first of all, you can't promise confidentiality. Uh, if a child is like, can I tell you something in secret? You have to be like, absolutely, you can't. You can tell me something if you trust me enough, and I will have to pass it on if it's something that is genuinely serious or dangerous. You, you cannot promise a child confidentiality. This, this child came out to me and was like, hey, I've been thinking about my gender a lot, and I think I'd like to try being presenting masculine at school. And I put this along to the head of year who clearly hadn't dealt with this kind of thing before at all because the head of year immediately like responded to me with like okay i'm going to um message the the parent i'm going to email the parent we're going to get a nice like three-way conversation between myself the child and the parent and i went you need to not do that you need to not do that right the fuck now because we've not cleared that with the child like you have to clear that with the child what ended up happening instead is that we had a three-way conversation between me child and the head of year and we hashed out the provisions this child wanted all 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 that they wanted at this time it was several years ago so i'm using they them um for them because they hadn't changed pronouns at that time but all that they wanted was just to not have to use female toilets and that's it that was like step one of the gender menace was this child being like hey i just want to get like a, a radar key so i can use the disabled toilets instead of the girls ones and that's it that's all that it is you just have to ask the child what they want and then, like, put in the provisions that you can reasonably allow to allow this child to express themselves in the way they want to. That's it. That would, that would involve like believing that a child has agency and that That's a child safeguarding a child, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that they have like you know consciousness. Uh, you know that the, you I know, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing, that that kind of small mm. thing. You know, zombies don't have it, but children apparently do. Um, yeah, but I, I like this whole kind of reading all this stuff. 
this country hates children, man. It really, really it does. And children. I feel like all the sort of like trans, especially kind of in schools and like, you know, I, I, I sort of think about school friends of mine, um, acquaintances of mine who like just had like the worst time. Like, and I didn't think we had any trans people, but we had like a, we had like five or six people who are now kind of like open and are in like very loving relationships and everything and seem a lot happier, but were just really, really miserable in school and like weren't really able to sort of articulate that. And coming from an environment where like if anything happened, like this school would absolutely go and tell your parents. And like, you know, at that time, it was just something that we sort of accepted, right? That like, you know, we didn't really kind of think about. And obviously now like, you know, where these types of conversations have changed and like for like for, you know, for the good. And like, it's good that you kind of have students uh, in Devon, like your story, like it's really good that you have a student who's like willing and able to like trust a teacher enough to be able to tell them something like that. Because like, I'm sure as I'm sure as shit, like know that when I was a student and when I imagine many of us were students, we would not do that. And oh, yeah. it just literally yeah. unthinkable. Right. And so like, you've kind of got, you know, you've, you've sort of had like certain years where things have kind of gotten slightly better for a generation bearing in mind, but like are kind of going to have the worst material lives of any other generation. Like, in oh the yeah, future, we'll, right? we'll, we'll let you have like the gender that you want, but we'll get you with the climate. Oh, you're done yeah. in with yeah. the climate. And you really can't have the gender you want. We're mostly going to not <laughs> we, let you have we, that. We'll get you with the climate <laughs> and with the sort of horde of ever expanding, uh, like vibrating heart necklaces. And it's just like, every time I think, and I, I think I've said this on other podcasts as well, but it's just like, it's just remarkable how like for all these conversations about like safeguarding and wanting to, you know, uh, just kind of protect children and protect children from like groomers and all that stuff. But like the children are really kind of not involved in any of these sort of anxieties, these types of like, you know, outward pushes towards like eradicating trans people, like the children. And that, and that, and I, and I think that's like probably like quite an important mm. thing to bear that, you know, but like yeah. really in this kind of conversation, children are at best kind of like on the edge of the periphery. I, the one sort of agency that we give to children is committing antisocial behavior and then being sort of like exploded with grenade launches that's in, right. in response. I mean, the, the children are never part of this conversation. Like, that's that's the main thing is that every single time we talk about like um, these sort of policies that are about children or like safeguarding or things like um, prevent, which I was in to talk about last time uh, years ago in a past life, but it it's never, never involves the children in this. And I, I want to just like briefly, like the reason why that, that child felt safe is talking to me. Um, it, it's absolutely no coincidence or accident that the child came out to me instead of any of their other teachers is because I was at the time like teaching openly non-binary. Like I was, I had MX on the door, I had everything, I was wearing nail varnish, things like this. That doesn't make gender, but like it was visible. And I think that having an environment where a teacher is able to present openly non-binary is something that may well be under threat quite soon based on how this is going well it's it's that in in this in the united states the libs of tiktok twitter account That's is right. like a it is a it, it was a fringe political uh belief that is becoming incorporated into one wing of the republican party here the libs there doesn't need to be a libs of tiktok the government is already libs of tiktok Essentially, oh, no. we've nationalized libs of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, like the Mail is libs of TikTok, the Times is libs of TikTok, and it's not just one wing of of uh, like politics; it's both. Yeah, mm. it's like libs of TikTok is the ideology of that one like real estate lady is so embedded at the heart of everything that the British state has to think about 
this particular issue. It is there is no need for that Twitter account to exist here. No, and honestly, it's bloody frightening. It's fucked, isn't it? Yeah, like if, if every sort of like British trans person you speak to seems off the past couple of um years, that's 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 going to be why is because it, it feels pretty bad. We're just feels, in a bad place right now. Yeah, I feel like a Christian scientist Written. with appendicitis. Mm. So this is this is what the um this is some of the the findings that they have. Um, well, they they basically sent FOIAs to three hundred uh. Maintain secondary schools and academies. Oh, this was real fucking bad. They say only 28% of secondary schools are reliably informing parents as soon as a child discloses feelings of, and this is what they're calling it now, gender distress. As though it's um, Stonewall comes in and and spreads around the gender distress particles. 28% of schools are failing to safeguard the children properly. Yeah, 28% of schools are just immediately like volunteering that information uh, to parents who like might beat the shit out of their kid when they get home. Mm. Like uh, four in ten secondary schools operate policies of gender self-identification. Uh, yeah, so six in ten don't. Yeah, yeah. At at least twenty eight percent of sing- of secondary schools are not maintaining single sex toilets. Um, Good. Doesn't that just also mean like cubicles? That's like, just cubicles. Like what? What is a single sex toilet anyway? It's like just just have one that's all cubicles and have one that's all urinals, and you, we're fucking done. Like. That's it. Also, yep. I, I, like, in it. I, I hate to sort of like go back to to like past traumas here, right? But like, if we're going on the like the convention that like sort of before all this woke gender nonsense in the prelapsarian days, when you know people people knew how many penises a woman had, school changing rooms and toilets were nice places to be and not ever a locus of sort of bullying or unpleasant experiences. But that's the bullying that they like. Yes, that's the bullying. Yeah. That, Specifically, yeah. often the kind of bullying meant to enforce the the good gender roles. That's you know? right. Uh, they also say, with regard to secondary schools teaching relationships, sex, and health education, seventy two percent of schools are teaching that people have a gender identity that may be different from their biological sex. Bro, the, the sex education that I got was my art teacher put on a DVD about your changing body and left the room. And now I'm like this. <laughs> you, you have to have better sex education. Otherwise you will end up like, <laughs> you can't, you can't do this. You can't make more of me. Right. <laughs> you're not even just going to get trans people. You're going to get weird. Trans yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You like, Freaks. Y- you think, uh, we're, we're not going to do sex education. We're going to have like nice, morals based sort of like sex education it's going to be nice and restrained right smash cut 20 years later all those kids are barking like dogs at women for attention mm. um and you know it goes on and it goes on as well talking about like relationships and sex and health education like much of this is again attacking and they do name stonewall down further in the report uh this is attacking charity this is attacking anything from the third sector that attempts to influence the curriculum outside of the, you might say, government-approved line. So, I mean, one thing, like, and again, you know, they, they, they're, I'd say the, these think tanks never hesitate to attack unions. And, you know, you, I think the attack on, te- on teachers' labor is sort of oblique here, but it is still there as well, which is, which is that the, the teaching unions are often blamed for being, say, in bed with uh, organizations like, you know, like Stonewall or whatever, uh, but also, you know, this is a way to promote more, um, more private schools, more things like academies, because you can say, oh, in academies, we can get away from the gender nonsense, right? 
Yeah, everyone's going to be at Kanye's Academy sitting on the floor eating sushi, <laughs> but they're going to know how many penises a woman doesn't have. Yeah. That's right. The recommendations that the report issues are uh, in line with mandatory safeguarding guidance. Parents should automatically wrong. be informed when a child discloses feelings of gender distress. Distress. I hate that phrase so yeah. much. No school well, should... Why are they distressed? But distress is, it... is not autochthonous. No, no. <laughs> this is... Um, my sister just recently started hormones, and her doctor used gender incongruity now as the term, which I think makes a little bit more sense, maybe. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to ride to the defense of, of gender dysphoria as a term because I'm the last of the old school transsexuals. To be honest, um, I think we should still be using like transvestite and transsexual. That mm-hmm. shit goes hard. Yeah, tra- transvestite fucking pops off. It does, actually. it goes off. Mm. Uh, so it also says, no school should facilitate a child's social transition. So that means if a student... Well, that- you must piss in yeah. the wrong toilet. Mm-hmm. If you... like, It's like it's like school uniform, right? Like my, my father is... Uh, I have a lot of like connections to schools, basically. My, my father is uh, a governor for a school and my mother works there as, a, as like a technician. And like the fucking fight that they had to do to like persuade that school to just like stop gendering the school uniforms. But they were like, but what if a child, what if a boy comes in wearing a skirt? And the answer is like, well, what if they fucking do yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. So who's going to die if that happens? Like, can you explain to me which child would explode <laughs> look, if they see a motherfucker wearing a skirt? The geography yeah. master has a very rare condition. <laughs> and- see, I know that school and I think it does. <laughs> so yeah. uh, schools also should be required. And this is the other, right? This mm. is the other sort of importation of American culture war. Which is that the schools should be required to publish all relationship, sex, and health education material online, and parents should be given an absolute right to see all those now, materials that the child will now be taught. Hold at school. on a minute. Didn't we, not more than a few years ago, have a massive controversy about this because they tried to apply this to a school where there were Muslim parents, and people got very afraid about like Islamic homophobia? Oh, don't worry about that. Okay. What are you remembering over there? Stop that shit yeah. right now. Sorry. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> uh, the government must urgently commission an independent. Uh, sorry, an an in- independent. So uh, spell check. Oh, is you, your can, you can really just bang exchange. these out, can't you? I <laughs> mean, minor spelling error spotted. <laughs> that fucking we, we Finnish have boys them now. <laughs> We got him. That's it. Policy exchange is over. Britain I'm no dropping longer. the mic. Let's go. Britain no longer transphobic. Dis- spelling right. mistake. Right. Yes. Um, the government must urgently commission an independent review of the teaching of relationship, sex, and health education materials and approach to gender distressed uh, children in schools with a focus on safeguarding. So essentially, we are asking, you know, um, you know the Turfina plantation spoils uh, to redraft all of the and uh, 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 redraft all of these guidance at a time. Again, when the, uh, let's say the EHRC has decided to clarify an extremely clear law they don't like. Yeah, the, I hate the EHRC, and it makes me sound like such a cunt to have to say this. The like, Human Rights Commission? I fucking the, hate the, the Human, Rights, the human Commission. Rights Commission. They can all fuck right off. And yeah. it makes me seem like a dickhead, but no, I, fuck them. No, fuck no genuinely. On God. But Institution like, capture. Done. Mm, yeah, it's done. Uh, the other thing I would say is, at least this doesn't come at a precarious moment where we might be about to radically change the nature of inspection of schools because head teachers are fucking sick of Ofsted. Okay, to be fair, fuck Ofsted. Also. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm on board with fuck Ofsted. But the the thing is that's that's a door opening and I don't like what's going to come through that door next. Yeah. Well, we're going to get rid of Ofsted and then the monkey's finger curls and we're going to replace it with Rosie Duffield coming into the school <laughs> yes. and just like having a gander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rosie Duffield but like with the x-ray gun from Perfect Dark oh, comes to the school. 
Um, so the um, we also say, by the way, the Ofsted is addressed here. It says it must routinely consider schools' approaches to gender distressed children as part of its inspection of safeguarding protocols. Now, this grade should be reflected in the Ofsted. Um, yeah, I award. went to an I went to cool. a gender outstanding rated school, which is to say that I fucking suffer badly with my gender. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding school, which is to say, if at any point you experience like transgenderism, you're fucked to pieces. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. done. Also, what's what's very funny is you know Just turn the shot collar. You know mm. that they <laughs> had to include this next one, right? All right because uh, because these people are the whiniest motherfuckers in the world. Said the DFE should issue guidance on what is not appropriate for schools to be teaching children at different stages of a child's education. Gender stereotypes must be effectively challenged without conflating beliefs about gender identity with sex. Discussion of gender critical beliefs should always be included. Always. Hell fucking (laughs) yeah. Always. Also, you have to say we're cool. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm most I'm most interested by the previous half of that sentence because it's like, oh, we should discuss like gender roles, but also we should be like, no, these are all cool as hell. Like (laughs) like male bodied children like biologically love football. That's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's uh look boy they love to work. <laughs> it's like the the new state approved relationship sexual health education uh, curriculum is boys equals blue, girls equals pink. Girls That's it. Girl girl <laughs> children, girl body child, they come out the pussy pink. Boy body child, they come out the pussy blue. That's just how it fucking goes. I don't make the rules. I wish I could make the rules. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. Um no state funded school should subscribe to divert and see this is where we get into like the yeah. state funding right? should subscribe to diversity schemes offered by external agencies where such organizations are involved in political campaigning I I have a response to that but I can't say it <laughs> uh, it, it would be it would be beautiful to be a liberal it. at this moment and be like oh if you're if your kid's trans safest thing to do just go private you know oh, damn. I, I, assume, oh, I assume that's easy oh, God, I, I, if your kid's trans just send them to like a private school that yeah. right. yeah. just, just for the record, do not do this. That's, it's yeah. a normal environment. I think I got in lipstick the on the school. microphone it's trying to make standard that out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing, the thing well, is, right. send them to Eton, the most accepting school. Yes. Yeah. What What you'll get is uh, a, a child who does not identify as transgender for a number more years. Um, <laughs> very right. good at cross dressing, though. Yeah. Run out the clock, and you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of podcasters that way. Mm. That's right. Yeah, and we cannot allow that to happen. No. no. Indeed. Anyway, I think that's about all we have. This time. has been an infuriating hour. I Riley. hated this. Um, <laughs> I came all the way here. I mean, I do want to say, like, it, 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 like I, for all the sort of like bits of comedy, this like this stuff is horrifying, and I'm sorry, but you guys have to like sort of go for it. I mean, you guys don't have, yeah. don't don't be sorry about us. The problem is, like, you know, I'm a fucking thirty two year old woman. I'm fine. Whatever. You know, I, well, I'm not fine, but it's whatever. Right, yeah. like if I was like fifteen right now, yeah. Jesus Christ, I and, cannot imagine. Yeah, and like this does have like uh, a material harm attained to this, right? That this mm. this is not like all po- fucking policy exchange things come with a body count. Of course they do, because they're fucking vampires. But this is particularly ghoulish because it will kill children, and that's that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole on my part. If anything, I'm sort of quite resigned to it now because this is a country that loves to do that. But it, it will. Yeah. If you, if you have a trans child and you do not accept that and you, you try to force them back into a closet, you will not get a cis child. You will get a dead child. That's just the, the fact of the matter. Sure. And uh, this is, you know, sometimes portrayed by TERFs as being sort of like emotional blackmail. I, I don't feel 
particularly I will do it- any kind of blackmail against the turf I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I know like I know that like this was sort of touched on a little bit earlier but like all the kind of the, the things that are sort of particularly ghoulish to me are the ways in which like these turfs like whether like in like politics with these organizations but what they're basically trying to do is like and i think they sort of recognize that yeah like if you introduce these types of measures which do alienate which do harm which can like kill you know uh young people who are trans or like who are sort of like non-binary or, or even who aren't oh well, yeah, like, well, yeah so, or, sometimes the process of figuring out that you are cisgender involves some gender distress yeah. yeah and just like the, you know i think they sort of recognize that no this can have like long-term like implications in terms of like you know hopefully not body counts but like you know the very least kind of kids sort of leaving their parents and stuff like that and i think what though i think one of the things that they're sort of like trying to bake into this is the idea that no we're going to use like the instruments of the state to make sure that you can't do that like your parent like regardless of how like much of a piece of shit they are how abusive they can be like they will be in your life like whether you like that or not and really like Mm -hmm. and and under the guise of like parental empowerment because like i've seen you know especially like there are elements of like you know the communities that I am like religious communities that I am in anyone who sort of comes from like a religiously conservative community, like a lot of their kind of like messages. I imagine a lot of them, uh, they'll have like a fair few messages, which are from like, fuck your kind of like transphobic think tanks, uh, your turning points and everything, which are all sort of along the lines of like, Oh, you know, they're teaching like transgenderism in school or like, you know, the sort of drag queen nights and stuff like that or the drag queen, like library things and everything. Mm. Um, and like their sort of perennial fear, or like at least the fear that they purport is that like what these teachers and what these institutions like you know their versions of the cathedral I guess like to put it in like terms that we've used before um, are actually trying to take your children away from you right and so your job like you know and so the battle lines that are being drawn are very much just like oh if you're a parent and you care about your child then you should join these sort of like reactionary right wing forces these sort of like trans exclusionary forces and so on. Um, as like a and that's par- a damn good way as, to lose as, your as kid. a parental duty. Oh, yeah. and, and like one of the th- and another thing that I think I was trying I was I was going to say it a bit earlier, but I was still trying to like uh, process like my thoughts on that yeah, and everything right. was just like the ways in which they also guilt a lot of parents into doing that as well, right? The idea mm-hmm. that like, well, mm-hmm. oh, if you like if you don't care that like your kids are learning about trans people in schools and everything, but like you are also complicit in the abuse and like you know, do you really want to be an abusive parent? And so like, I I definitely think that like, and I, and I'm not saying that like you know. I'm not. I'm not claiming that like parents are innocent or they're being sort of manipulated or anything. I think it's like a much more complicated they, they issue. They definitely are. Being but I think I, well, what I was going to say is mm-hmm. there are def- there's definitely like a contingent of parents who are kind of like being for- like or who may feel like they're sort of being forced to pick a side. Um, and mm-hmm. again, it's one that like really removes children away from all this. But then like you know you live in Britain and like what's fucking new about that? Exactly. I do. I do have one one last point, which is. We've we've sort of mentioned some of the more extreme consequences of this. One of the other things, uh, and I'll say this as a, a serial dropout of educational institutions, <laughs> is that uh, it, you know enforcing enforcing sort of like these kind of regressive gender roles has a severe educational impairment, and this may become a problem in a country that seems determined not to have a future and seems mm. determined not to have a workforce at all to provide that future. If, you, if you're thinking about like, oh, uh, you know, we need more junior doctors or we need more nurses or we need more anything 
you have to go to school for that. Yeah. Computer it, programmers, it, especially. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's not going to happen if you make it impossible to survive in these educational institutions and sort of, like, attain the results that you're capable of. And what you're going to mm. get instead is a nation of podcasters, and a nation of podcasters is a nation with no future. <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. it's something I could genuinely talk about for hours, but just in, in the interests of time, and I can see how like nervous and furious Riley's getting that we no, keep no, talking. I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> okay, well, in, in the interest of time, if we could just put a button on it. The government are trying to kill you if you're yep. transgender. Um, there are a number of think tanks who are trying to kill you if you're transgender. And in the words of the late great Paula Grady. Well, this has been uh, certainly an enlightening uh, hour of podcasting, but not without its fun moments. Uh, I want to thank my uh, not oft here co-host Alice for making the trip down. Oh, my pleasure. And I'd also like to thank my uh, friend, colleague, and freaking collaborator Devin for making the trip across. It's been an absolute treat, apart from the bits that were awful, (laughs) which was most of it, but like... The accoutrement have been quite nice. Excellent. And, of course, uh, Hussein for being there uh, on, on the phone delivering his bombots. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this, is, this has uh, also been a free episode. There are bonus episodes. There's a Patreon. It's $5 a month. You can get a second episode every week. There are also uh, episodes of Britonology, episodes of the Brain Zone. We'll figure out another thing to call it. Writtenology. 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 Very funny. There, there is a Twitch stream. Yeah, uh, if you like the three of us, um, Hussein's not typically on it, but... If you like the three in-studio people, yeah. uh, there's a Twitch stream on Mondays and Thursdays from 9 to 11 UK time. Not the Thursday that's after this is being recorded, but it's the Thursday af- before this will have been released. So okay, well, so that's that was completely clear. unnecessary to include. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean we've got some live shows coming up if you want to go to those <laughs> last week as well. More importantly, we we do have some trash future live shows. Yes, we do. You do. Um, so fourteenth of May we are in Birmingham. Fifteenth of May we are in Leeds. Sixteenth of May we are in Manchester, and we are looking at Glasgow due to another <laughs> confluence of transphobia and the Trash Future podcast, where we had to like change the venue possibly we keep on running into it out there in the world uh and finally milo who's not here has just released his limited series of the show rome with tides of history's patrick wyman on every episode uh there uh him phoebe and patrick have that on Bandcamp, so you can go and get it there'll be a link in the description of this episode a lot of plugs today we're plugging hey and if you're in melbourne you have to go to milo's show yeah he needs to do that he needs it it's the law please Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, do tell him I sent you. Yeah, give him a little kiss. <laughs> give him a little. Yeah, don't don't explain though. No, you better. Yeah, don't, yeah. Tell him. <laughs> tell him I sent him after you give him a little kiss. Yeah, you know, after like a while after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hours. Like shout it midway through the show. Yeah. Per- hey, perfect. That's the guidance. <laughs> Milo signs off on it. That's the that's the safe in line with the guidance the government has set <laughs> yeah. out. Yell, Devon sent me halfway through my low show. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And our theme song is "Here We Go" by Ginseng. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify. And we will see you uh, on the bonus episode, uh, which will be coming out in a couple of days. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>